0: Hey guys, welcome to our program Small Town Worlds, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. Hi everybody, I'm Lee Creech. I'm here with my sister Kayla Couples. We are talking today. Um t- I wrote monotheism. And I wrote One True God. One True God is better than my title. <laughs> so we'll probably go with One True God. Um, and that's, so that's kind of what we're going to discuss today. Uh, the, what that means, what that looks like in scripture and um, what it means when the Bible says, um, have no other gods before me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: in, in doing some research and I have been
1: researching another topic of late, um, just building a, a statement of faith for another purpose. And uh, this particular topic came up in in the, that, that is a doctrinal statement of the Church of Christ. And I don't mean the church, the dom- denomination, but the followers of Christ, a Christian church, is that we believe that there is only one God, but the Complication comes in, and I think not necessarily for us per se, but for the outside looking in, is that we believe in the Trinity as well. Mm-hmm. And so, in preparation for that lesson, in in I just came across so much that I didn't realize there was so much division um, amongst mm-hmm. the faith. I didn't realize there was so much confusion. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that always makes me that always disturbs me a little bit when I come across. All these different arguments and yeah divisions that always bothers me.
0: It kind of makes me remember when I was a little kid. We had the you know the best dad ever, and I just thought everybody had a daddy like we did. I really did. I thought all men could work on stuff and fix things. Were
1: funny and would play with you. Yeah, I
0: thought all. I just thought all daddies were like our daddy, and and that's kind of how I am about church. I'm shocked when I yes. hear a doctrine about the Trinity that's so. Um, askew <laughs> askew yes I really am that same way because I heard one the other day and I thought goodness gracious I had no idea that that specific de- denomination thought that I I would have never thought that they right. didn't believe in the trinity um, well it's
1: kind of like I, I was sh- when I was sharing when I was teaching about it I, I said I thought I said the same thing like I'd I've just always known and accepted it to be true and I, I think as an adult I've it's proven itself to be true for me in scripture, not just because someone told me Right. Um, I had written the statement in that lesson that night that um, I don't believe we don't believe in the Trinity because of tradition. We believe in the Trinity because of scripture. And I I mean, I firmly believe that, but I'm like you, I just thought that if you were a Christian, you, you believe that too. And I didn't realize there was so much division.
0: Yeah. Do we want to talk about some things, um, do we want to go over some verses in Scripture that set that talk about the one true God? Yeah. Do you have initially?
1: Some, do you have some right away, or do you want me to pull from
0: some? I have. I have a bunch. Okay. Uh, I, I say a bunch. I have about five or six right here. Um, do you want me to go through? Yeah. Start, start some with of those, and well, I'll see
1: if there's any that maybe you didn't have that I can
0: add to that. Yeah. Okay. So I had. Um, Deuteronomy four thirty five, you were shown these things that you might know that the Lord is God, besides him, there is no other. Um, Deuteronomy six four, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, that's probably going back to the Trinity a little bit right there, but yeah, we'll dive into that later. <laughs> that's Ma- the
1: Jewish Shema. That's what they that's their that's their creed, that's what they say. Yeah. Or we're taught to say I should say
0: Malachi 210 part a have we not all one father did not one God create us first um, Corinthians 8: 6 yet for us there is but one God the father from whom all things came and for whom we live and there is but one Lord Jesus Christ um, Kayla had sent me I had that one right and then you sent me that one um, 1 Corinthians. Yeah, the First Corinthians 8, 4 through 6, actually. First um, uh, Timothy 2 through 5 is, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus. Uh, actually, it's Christ Jesus. And James 2, 19, You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So that's just a few. What yeah. did you have? Many of those as well, but... talking about the
1: eternal existence of God in three persons, because I I think maybe we need to back up just a little bit and clarify um, what monotheism actually is. So do you have a simple definition of that?
0: I do. Mono means single. Theism means belief in God. Therefore, it is a belief in one true God, uh, creator, sustainer, and judge of all creation.
1: And so what's interesting to note as as we look at Scripture is that Christianity isn't the only religion that believes that there's only one God. Right. There are other denominations, not denominations, rather, other re- religions that believe that there is only yeah. one God. Because um, the- Islam is also monotheistic. Right. Yeah, Islam is one of them. Um, anyway, but when we're talking about the Trinity, so the belief in the Trinity is to say that we believe that there is one God. We are monotheistic as Christians. We believe that there is only one God, but that he exists in three persons. Mm-hmm. Um, A.W. Tozer said in Knowledge of the Holy, he said, when we consider the fearful mystery of thy triune Godhead, we lay our hand upon our mouth because we can't fully comprehend it. He, was at, he actually had written that in the prayer. And then when he was describing the mystery of it, he said it this way, To meditate on the three persons of the Godhead is to walk in thought through the garden eastward in Eden and tread on holy ground. Our sincerest effort to grasp the incomprehensible mystery of the Trinity must forever remain futile and only by deepest reverence can we be saved from actual presumption. And I think that that's important. To keep in mind anytime we're talking about the Trinity because just just in studying through the different sources and viewpoints and what truly now are considered heresies about the Trinity all came from man trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they all came from man trying to wrap their mind around what a one God in three persons really looks like. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so many of the, the belief that Jesus is, wasn't divine, um, the belief that Jesus was created and not co, um, co-eternal like the Father and many others, and they've got these big, long names, and that doesn't matter. The point being is that the more we focus on the explanation of it and trying to wrap our mind around it, the, sometimes the farther away we get from it rather than just taking Scripture for what Scripture says to be true. And so um, eternally existing in three persons. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then there are um, two specific instances, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, although the R.C. Sproul explained it. In the Old Testament, they got glimpses of the Trinity, and in the New Testament, um, God gave more and more revelation about the distinction of the three mm-hmm. persons of the Godhead. But in Genesis, the very familiar Genesis 1:26 and 27, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. And so we see the use there of the the two different pronouns, mm-hmm. um, just signifying the unified nature of the one God, one will, one essence. Um And then again in Matthew 3, 16 and 17, which is one of my favorites, that's when Jesus was being baptized. Mm -hmm. And we see all three persons of the Godhead in the scene of Christ's baptism, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and alighting upon him and suddenly... A voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so again, we just get um, a glimpse into the mystery that even though I still can't, f- I mean, I can, I can read it and I can, I can believe it to be true in faith, but I still can't fully understand it. And certainly not explain it. And certainly not explain it. Right. I can just say, this is what scripture says. Yeah. And this is what I believe to be true.
0: Yeah, we have to believe with that childlike faith. Right. Yeah. So the whole the whole scripture of First Corinthians 8, 4 through 6 that Kayla sent me earlier, um, therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet... For us, there is one God, the Father, of whom all things, of whom are all things, and we for him and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things, I keep leaving out are, through whom are all things and through whom we live. So, so then we ask the question, are there other spirit beings? Do we want to dive into that? Yeah. Do we want to? <laughs> you want me to dive into it? <laughs> so my answer... What's, what started your pursuit of this
1: particular topic to begin with? So I'm reading the Bible recap. Okay, so what... <laughs> do you remember what the specific passage and passages were that really kind of
0: yeah, it was piqued Moses, your attention it was, about that? It was Moses and the Ten Commandments. And, you know, you should have no other gods before me. And uh, so... She said, if you're interested in that, in the show notes, we have a link. And and she had an article, and I printed the article and, and read a little bit about it. And um, just what monolatry meant that, meant, that meant mixing the one true God with mm. idols. You know, they were practicing idolatry. But they were also practicing monotheism. They believed in the one true God, right. Israel. But then they still had these idols that they kept coming back to and Um, so mixing the two uh, she talked a little bit about that and that's she they well I guess the common label is monolatry right Um, and so yes sorry I had to look at the word but yes, yeah yeah so um, so that's really what piqued my interest and started so Kayla was doing her study and I was kind of doing this on the side just from the Bible recap and we kind of came together and said hey we're both we're both talking about that and studying about that on the side you know and uh, so we said well let's let's make that a uh, an episode.
1: So why do we why do we think that even understanding the the fact that that as Christians we believe in one God and and one God only why is that important in today's world why would that be something that would be significant to be having conversation about right now why is that important to you?
0: Yeah, why would it be important to me? Is um because we you know our enemy is infiltrating our church and. Um, so many things are, are coming into, um, you know, we have been listening to cultish and, um, I think, I think listening to both of those things, the Bible recap and cultish at the same time, very much so kind of made me see, oh gosh, you know, the new age movement is coming into our church and these things are coming into our church and just knowing how to address those things and be prepared, uh, to have a defense for what we believe, really, honestly, um, and I think for me it goes back to reading
1: and understanding how idolatry infiltrated the Israelite, their their belief in God, their belief system, their what they had accepted to be true. Um, you know, God revealed Himself so mightily to them, mm-hmm. and to know that they were affected by the idolatry that was around them because they didn't remove it from themselves like he told them to. Yeah. I mean,
0: they walked through the parted Red Sea and went and built a golden calf. Yeah. I mean, right after.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had came and put, he had came and put his feet on the mountain. Yeah. And they built the golden calf. And they built the golden calf. I mean, it just blew my mind. I'm thinking. I mean, all the things that he had already shown them to be true, and then, and that was just the beginning. Oh yeah, I mean, truly, that was that, that was
0: that is the very beginning of their idolatry. That yeah. was just
1: the beginning. Yeah, and um, you know the fact that they were so disobedient to him in in not removing, right, the idols of because he knew what would happen. Yeah, and so when I think about the the significance of that for us today, is that surely that warning is in Scripture for a reason
0: mm-hmm.
1: that. The recounting of that history of God's chosen people is there for us to learn from mm-hmm. And I think more than anything else, it's the reality that we are just as susceptible to that that as they were. and um I think it's important, like you said, for us to recognize what that looks like in the church and yeah. um, yeah. Just in our own daily walk as well and my yeah. voice is leaving me so y'all just <laughs> bear with me.
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna try to make it through. Um, I want to read a little bit about what uh, what the show notes were on the Bible recap for that day and so if you if you do want to go back and listen to that podcast, um, they're gonna uh, this is probably going to be uh, the day where I don't know the date exactly but it's we were in Exodus um, chapter 22. so if you go and look for that day, Exodus chapter 22 um, and so the show notes for that day had um, had the the verse um, you shall have Exodus 20 I'm sorry it's 20 through 22 so 20 chapter 20 verse 3 you shall have no other gods before me And so she gave a little bit of a recap beyond that. It says this forbids any personal loyalty or relationship with any deity besides Yahweh, the core idea behind behind modern monotheism. Um, and so it says the biblical Hebrew had no verb for to have instead, it conveys the idea of possession in a variety of ways. The most common phrasing is found. Um, there shall not be to you. There shall not be to you any other gods. So when used in relation to items, um, that are animate, so a wife, a livestock, a deity. The phrase connotates a personal relationship. So even though those other things aren't real or true, it's creating a false relationship is basically what I'm Get interpreting. That. Would that be how you would interpret yeah. that? So basically that scripture is not saying that there is another God. It's saying that... Don't allow anything else to be in a position. Don't allow anything else to have don't create a relationship with something that puts itself in the position above me. Yeah. Would that like be, that. would that be how you would interpret yeah. that? Um, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. And you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I am the Lord, your God, and I'm a jealous God. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good. So that's what got that's what piqued my interest into this and why I was interested in it. yeah
1: Christianity sets itself um apart from all the other religions you know we mentioned a moment ago that there are other monotheistic religions, but Christianity is the only religion that sets itself apart because um what what our God has revealed to us that the one true God has revealed about himself is that he does exist in three persons. What he has proven about himself is that he is living. What he has proven about himself is that he has been eternal. And I know that that people are people that are opponents. Is that the right word? Opponents? Yeah. Anti-Bible. People that are opponents of the Bible would argue that there's no proof. But God has proven himself to be true. When you think about, I was listening to someone else this morning on the way to work and they were talking about just the the existent, the proof of an existent um divine being in nature and in yeah, and in and in history and the prophecy, the way that scripture prophesied of certain events and how just secular history has recorded those events to have right. been literal things yeah
0: and, um, i'm always fascinated by that too yeah, me i too. love to go back and read and say and see that something ex- actually existed yeah. that proves that proves uh you know
1: yeah i mean even the, the even the the prophecies about the um the that the the captivity the uh, the chosen people being taken into captivity by mm-hmm. babylon and all of that and the, one of the prophecies was given like 600 years mm-hmm. prior to that captivity. And, um, we're not talking about 10 years, yeah, <laughs> five years, you know, we're talking 600 years prior. And the point that she was making is that this isn't a, this isn't a biblical historical fact. This is a historical fact. Uh, yes. A historical fact. I mean, it's, it's, it's recorded in the Babylonian archives. It's recorded in the yeah. Hebrew archives. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, yeah. um, yeah. So God, God certainly has proven himself. I came across a list of, um, what, what we could make as arguments, um, that only one true God exists. If there were more than one God, the universe would be in disorder because a multi- a multitude, pardon me, because of multiple creators and authorities, it would just be chaos. That was the point. Um, but it is not in disorder. Therefore it supports the fact that there's just one god. So when you mm-hmm. think about that, if there was more than one god in existence, wouldn't they be in competition with one another to prove right. which one was superior? Yeah. And God doesn't have to compete with anyone or anything right. because he is eternally God. Um another one was since God is completely since God is a completely perfect being, there cannot be a second god. For they would have to be different in some way, so they would either have to both be perfect or both be flawed. And if they were both perfect, then there wouldn't be one God. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to differ from complete perfection would be to, would to be would be less than God, so he couldn't be God. Right. These are philosophical arguments, so you have to say them real slow. So yeah. All well, that well I'm just sense.
0: thinking Satan is what uh, yeah comes to my mind. So
1: here's yeah. the third one. I mean, because that's take. Tech- Literally, it says philosophical and theological arguments for monotheism. So I had to read them a bunch of times. So they made sense. Here's the third one. Since God is infinite in his existence, which is what we believe, he cannot have parts. For parts cannot be added to reach infinity. If God's existence is not just a part of him, which it is for all things, which can have existence or not, then he must have infinite existence. I'd read that one like seven or eight times. Therefore, there cannot be two infinite beings, for one would have to be different from the other. There is only one eternally infinite being, and God doesn't have separate parts. I think that's one of the things that makes the Trinity so difficult to understand. Yeah. Because people, that was one of the theological heresies that came out of um people trying to understand the trinity was that either he was literally three different parts three gods yeah or he changed forms and and he became jesus yeah and then he became spirit and then he went back to being the father and i think that's why i love the scripture in matthew of jesus around but that's yeah. But what an amazing God that it is. Yes. I mean, I think that that again that just makes him so worthy of our worship that um
0: yeah. yeah. Do we have time to talk about uh how Yeah, we have a little we have a little bit of time. So so I I started to get a second ago but we didn't really dive into it. So are there other spirit be, beings um So there There are other spirit beings and what what I've studied says that those idols were connected to demons um, and demonic activity. So whenever Pharaoh, this is another. You know, going back to reading, reading the Bible, <laughs> reading through Exodus, read through Exodus. And so in Exodus seven eleven, then Pharaoh also calls, called for the wise men and the sorcerers. And they also, the magicians of Egypt did the same. What happened was Moses was performing, um, what would you call and signs wonders. and wonders? And, and these guys did the same with their secret arts. So, um, we talked about it a little bit before we came in here so they did they performed all of those things um so moses had came and and you know that's when we had the plague of locusts and we had the frogs and blood to water blood water to, to blood sorry yeah water to blood and so those so those sorcerers and magicians were able to to perform the same acts they they came and did the same things but they were doing it through other Another power. Um, You said something really profound a minute ago, and I can't remember what it was. You said, Mm. do you remember what you said? Well, of course I don't. (laughs) I don't know what I said. You said they could bring those things forth, but they couldn't stop what God was doing. Oh,
1: yeah. Over there. I did say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, they could they could it, replicate they could replicate, but they could not block the work of God, yeah, they could not block the work of God that was really profound, even when they made the stick into the snake, then Moses' snake swallowed swallowed it the others yeah, 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 so um so they were trying to replicate, but they but they could imitate, but they couldn't actually replicate yeah not not really, and then when it came toward the toward the end um God wouldn't allow them to do that. He performed, um, signs and wonders that they couldn't do. He wouldn't allow them to continue on. He stopped their ability to do that. And so he was in control. I think that was another thing that was, that was, uh, beautiful to see is that he was in control the whole time and allowing them to do that. And then he, at some point he said, okay, we're, we're done. You're done. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to move on. Um, and then and then also that the idols that they they worshiped um i think it probably was confusing because things did happen you know things did happen but it happened through demonic activity yeah. and i think that's um something we wanted to point out i mean we we saw that even i mean we see again we see that in the new testament
1: as well there were right. um many times yeah specific instances where again people were even those that at times were acting in the name of the lord that i'm thinking i can I wish i could remember the account of it but um just sorcery and divination and yeah. all those things that god um specifically told them not to do well he told them not to do for a reason
0: yeah yeah so in Deuteronomy 18:10 through 12 There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls upon the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. Um, This is Old Testament scripture, but... um, we know this is still yeah applicable so i had
1: listened to a, a podcast last week of two women who had come out of the new age movement one had come out of the new age and one out of the new thought and the one woman was in her late 50s when she was when she accepted jesus christ as her mm-hmm. savior the one in new thought i believe she said her family was were christian scientists. and both of those women truly believed they were serving God. Yeah. They, they in their testimony, they said, well, the one woman said that that was the Christian scientist. She said, I thought I was a Christian. I thought, I, and, and my point being is that she was the other lady in the new age was doing all of those things you just named off. Right. And in her testimony, she had, she had come to a place and, and the Lord had put someone in her life that had led her to begin to read the Bible. In the midst of the cards and the speaking to angels and the calling up the dead and all of those things that she had been doing. Right. And in her testimony, she shared that she came to that particular scripture you just read. And she said, I fell on my face. She said, I was just crying my eyes out because I realized what an abomination I was to God because I thought... I, I was working for him. I thought I was doing things for him. I mean, things were happening. Spirits were being... She said, now I know they were demons. Right. She said, but at the time, I, yeah. I thought they were, you know, that I was serving God. And she said, when she read through that list of those things that he said were an abomination to him and he strictly um, forbid his people to be a part of, she realized... and. I think another reason that this topic is significant to me is that their whole point that day was that some of these things are coming into the church. Yeah. And they may have a different name. They may be called something different. But we just need to be aware that these practices are happening. And if they don't match up with Scripture or if they fall into a Scripture that God specifically um forbid we we need to be aware of that
0: test the spirit
1: yeah and understand um what's at work because when I when I heard both of those women say that they thought they were serving God I just was
0: it's heartbroken because it's deception
1: it's deception and I think how many other people are in that exact same place right now like they said praise God God saved them out of that but um you know how many others is it happening to? Right.
0: Well, that is that is all that we have for today. And I thank you guys for joining us. And um, join us again next week. We've got um, another new topic that we'll be talking about. And we will see y'all then.